Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about all things TTRPG. And today we're going over character creation in Pathfinder 2nd Edition. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? I'm ready to find the path. Indeed. Uh, we're going to find a path to a, a brand new character today because we're going to build one. Lead me path, daddy. <laughs> I will do my best. So uh, before we actually build the character, I am going to go over the step-by-step process that any player who's getting into this system uh, has to go through to build their character. And it is, I feel, a very satisfying and intuitive uh, process. Yeah, yeah. I, I can agree with that, having done it one time. You have done it one time, yeah. And that was a conversion uh, character as well. Yeah. You were converting from 5e to, to Pathfinder. Which was edition. pretty pretty seamless, I would say. If you yeah. want to convert your 5e <clears throat> game to a Pathfinder game, it's not that hard. No, I, I would say it's definitely not. Um, but any questions before we just dive into creating a character and how you go about it? Um, is the board springy enough to do uh, like a like a quadruple axle? Absolutely. Backhand? Yeah, let's do it. Then. Let's do it. We'll dive right in. All right. So one of the cool things about building a character in Pathfinder is they have this really cool catchphrase of, and they call it the ABCs of building a character. Mm. It's because like the three major components that you're going to uh, utilize when building your character are. Uh, a, ancestry, B, background, and C, class. Okay. And cool. that is the order in which the core rule book, which I believe we have up there, um, suggests that you do it. Yeah, for those of you that can see it on YouTube. Yes, yes, I always see well, it. Oh, we are remonetized. Just putting yes. that out there because people have been asking, and yes. yeah, we got remonetized on YouTube. It just happened recently. It's yes. been great. And we'll um, continue to say it on the show for a little bit, probably. Yeah, but we'll continue to remind people because, you know, it's people are going to have seen past episodes where we weren't. Right, like a <clears> fucking <throat> year's worth of them. Almost a year's worth, yeah. All right, so let's get back to Pathfinder 2nd Edition building a character, starting with Ancestry. So the first thing you got to do is pick an Ancestry. Okay. What is an Ancestry, you might ask? Well, it's the equivalent of D&D's race. So uh, in Pathfinder, they call races Ancestries. Uh, they're going to be, you know, your elves, your humans, your goblins, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So... Ancestries come in common, uncommon, and rare categories, with the main thing of note being that the list of common ancestries is shorter than I think a lot of D&D or even Pathfinder 1st Edition fans uh, will be used to. So there are only six ancestries in the game. Okay. Uh, but that's actually it. There's only six ancestries in the core rulebook. There are some other ancestries in the game, but there's only six in the core rulebook, and they are elf, dwarf, gnome, goblin, human, and halfling. Okay, so basically the most basic of the class, yes, as yes. we would understand it from D&D's perspective. Yes, these are the six ancestries offered in the core rule books. Now, this, say, this may seem rather scarce. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll probably notice immediately that the half-elf and half-orc are, quote-unquote, missing. Sure. Uh, if you are a D&D 5e vet, you will probably note uh, the missing tiefling and dragonborn or equivalent. Um, yeah. Yeah, these do still very much exist in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, but have been changed to what are called heritages. So heritages are the equivalent of sub-races from DNA 5e. Uh, specifically, half-elf and half-orc are heritages of the human ancestry. Okay. And you can choose these in the core rules book. Okay, <clears throat> so you can't... Can you half-elf with, like, 
elf and some other race? Is it just human based, there, based off of this? For for the half elf and half orc specifically, it's tied to the human ancestry here. Okay. So they, they don't really have that option. Uh, at least I didn't see that option. I'm sure there's probably a way. Ah, I um, see. So one of the cool things about tieflings and Asimar and other traditionally planar touched races is that they have not only been made into heritage, heritages, but they are specifically heritages of any ancestry. Uh, they All the ancestries have access to them. Oh, okay. Cool. So you can be an elf with a tiefling heritage or a dwarf with an Asimar heritage. Interesting. Um, yeah. So not only does this... Make a ton more sense lore-wise, but it also gives a unique way to add a variety of flavor to your character that can be reflected mechanically, since as you level, you can take feats related to your ancestry and or heritage. Yeah, an elven <clears throat> ASMR that fell from the heavens or whatever is going to be Sure, yeah, yeah. A it, thing. It, it could be a thing, but you know, like well, traditionally like tieflings, right? It, it means that someone in your ancestry uh, cavorted with Satan? A, a fiend of some sort <laughs> and... Uh, and now it's in your bloodline, right? But traditionally, that's always been human for some reason. But like, mm. it makes sense. Like, why would a fiend care? You know what I mean? Why? Why would it only do that with humans? You know. Well, that's how I feel about the like half elf, half orc sort of thing. Like, why yeah, half human yeah. only? Like, yeah. Um, I think that? actually now that I think about, it, I think there is an option where you can access those two heritages, uh, no matter your ancestry. That would be cool. I think to it's have an optional rule. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was my always a gripe in 5e. We'll take a look me. at the path builder uh character creator when we get to it in the second half of sure. the episode cuz now now I'm starting to remember. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh the ancestry you choose will give your character what are called ability boosts. Mm -hmm. So, ability boost an ability boost is an increase of 2 to a specific ability score. Strength, dex, con. Uh, most ancestries get three ability boosts, two to specific ability scores, and one free one that you can apply as you wish. Mm. So um, many ancestries also have a thing called an ability flaw. An ability flaw is a negative two to a specific ability score. This is a remnant of a more old school gaming mindset where elves have bad constitutions oh. and halflings get a strength penalty. Okay. Uh, what's cool, though, is if you, like me, are not the biggest fan of the ability flaw, you can use what's called the alternate rule set, where regardless of your ancestry, you just get two free ability boosts. And no flaws. And no flaws. Okay. So the trade-off is, so like... Doing it the base way, you get three boosts and one flaw, and this way you just get two boosts and no flaws, which is how humans work. So mm. it, it's pretty balanced. Okay, so you could choose either one. You could choose either one. I, I sort of like the idea of like implementing flaw into my characters anyway. So yeah. I I so just bad. like the idea of having the option, you know, because yeah. yeah. maybe you are playing in an old school style world where these things are generally true. Mm. And maybe you're not because there's a billion home brews and everyone runs their game different. So true. having the options, I think, is just a good thing. Uh, so that's the basics on Ancestry. Uh, you will get some minor features, um, and I mean very minor, like your your Ancestry might get Dark Vision. Might, because this ain't 5e. Yeah. Not everyone gets it. Dark Vision is um, actually special. Yeah, and there's also a thing called Low Light Vision, which is something I've professed that 5e should have since day one. There, sh there should have been Low Light and Dark Vision, but anyways, I digress. Like 4e. Um, like, like 4e, or 3rd <laughs> edition. Um, but the main thing that you're going to get from your Ancestry you are actually going to pick after all this stuff because at level one, you get a, an ancestry feat and a class feat. And so basically the the part of you that is very elfy, uh in particular is going to be whatever you choose off this list. I see. Yeah. Okay. So next up, though, backgrounds. So backgrounds in Pathfinder 2nd Edition are very similar to 5e D&D, uh, but slightly more robust in what they provide for the character. Okay. Um, so firstly, they always provide two more ability boosts for your character. Usually one that comes with the background and one free one that you can apply as you will. As an example, the bookkeeper background gives you a boost in either intelligence or wisdom, and then a free boost in ability of your choice. Okay. Next, uh, most backgrounds come with one or more training proficiencies in a skill. For example, the bookkeeper background gives you training in the society skill, an intelligence-based skill. Should be... <clears throat> That dictate, dictates how much you know about different societal customs, etiquette, etc. Mm -hmm. um, and training in what is a lore skill called accounting. So, lores are really interesting. Accounting, huh? Yeah, accounting. Um, so, <laughs> so, how do I explain lores? So, there are... You You have your, your basic knowledge skills that you would have in like a D&D &E 5e, right? You have arcana, you have nature, um, you have religion, you have a few other ones, you have a society, which we just talked about. But then, like, your character, because of certain things, might have 
particular niche knowledge on a very like select subject in this case accounting okay um when that happens uh it's called a lore skill training right and you're uh, you remember uh i think we were going over the cipher system Mm-hmm. And in the cipher system, the way they do skills is like there's no set list of skills. You just kind of like come up with, oh, my guy's really good at jumping. So he's gets, got the jumping skill, right? Right, yeah. Lore skills and Pathfinder Second Edition are like that. It's okay. like you can make it up depending on what you've chosen, but there's a lot of pre built ones, like in this case, accounting. I see. So it's very niche and not necessarily going to come up, but if it comes up, you're going to be really good at it. Okay. Great. Um, so next up, finally, backgrounds often give access to an automatic feat of some sort. So the bookkeeper, which we've been using as, a, as an example, gives a character the eyes for numbers skill feat. So I'm going to go ahead and read that feat for you. Okay. So eyes for numbers. This is a feat that actually takes an action to use. Uh, so it, it only takes one action. You've learned to subsidize, sub, subitize, quickly estimating the number of items in a group with relative accuracy at only a glance. You immediately learn the number of visually similar items in a group you can see, such as coins, books, or people, rounded to the first digit in the total number. For example, you could look at a case of potion vials and learn that it hold held about 30 vials, but you wouldn't know that it was exactly 33 vials. Right, okay. Yeah. How many different types of potions there were or how many of which type? Uh, similarly, you can look at a pile of 2,805 coins and know that there are about 3,000 coins in all. Uh, you could use this ability only on items that could typically be counted, so you can't use it on grains of sand or stars in the sky. Yeah, I got you there. Yeah, so it's like a cool free thing that you can do. Yeah, I, I think that can be definitely useful. Yeah. Like for sure. And then uh, there's a last bit of it. In addition, when you attempt to decipher writing, which is an action that you can take, that is primarily numerical or mathematical, you get in plus two circumstance bonus to your check. Okay. So you're good at numbers. You're cool. just Bookkeeper should really be number keeper because you're really good at numbers. There's, there's 50 people in this crowd. I'm going to yeah. fireball them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's background, backgrounds. Any questions about backgrounds? Uh, no. Pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. All right. Next up, we're going to choose a class. All right. So classes, of course, are the same thing for Pathfinder 2nd Edition as for D&D 5e, uh, and there are 22 of them. Uh, many of them will be very familiar. Fighter, druid, wizard, sorcerer, rogue, monk, ranger, cleric, barbarian, and bard. Mm-hmm. But then there are a ton of others. Uh, alchemist, champion, gunslinger, oracle, witch, uh, magus, summoner, thaumaturge, and more. Interesting. Yeah, there's quite a very few. Final Fantasy summoner. Yeah. Oh, the summoner class is actually really cool. We'll do an episode on it. Okay. Uh, the initial the initial choice of class not only defines what the character what kind of character you're going to play, but it gives you uh, initial HP calculations, your initial armor, armor, weapon, and save proficiencies, and it gives you an ability boost. For example, the wizard class in Pathfinder 2nd Edition gives the player a boost to intelligence. Cool. So at this point of your character creation process, you've received five character boosts, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you put all these on, and it's going to start really forming a picture of what your character's ability scores look like, but we're not done yet because now it's free boost in time. It's time to get a free boost. Hit do, the Nas. Yeah, time to hit the Let's free drive, booster baby. button. Uh, so all characters, regardless of all their other choices, get four free ability boosts that they can apply to their ability scores on top of whatever they're provided for from their ancestry, background, and class. Mm-hmm. Uh, you must, however, apply each of these boosts to a different ability score, so you can't double stack them. Okay. So just four, so at this point, after you've chosen your A, Bs, and Cs, uh, you can apply four boosts across your six ability scores, just plus two, plus two, plus two, plus two, and that's your final level one ability scores. Well, you, what you will end up with most, more than likely is a spread of something like 16, 16, 14, 12, 10, 10. Okay. Or 18, 18, 14, 14, 12, 10. Or, you know, that'll be the, you know, there's some variations, but it's going to be somewhere in that wheelhouse. With 20 as the cap, like D&D? Or like- um, I don't believe 20 is the cap. Okay. Um, which, again, I believe 5th edition is the first edition that had the idea of a cap. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, God knows, 4th right. edition, you could get up to, like, 30-something. It was oh, crazy. right on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in this one, it can get high, because I think I built a test character up to, like, level 10, and I got, like, a 22 and a 23 and something. I see. All right. Um, I do know that ability boosts start uh, counting for less. At, at 18, I think from then on, ability boosts only count for one. I think that's right. I'm not okay, sure. kind of adjust the scaling. Yeah, it, ju- it starts to scale down a little bit, yeah. I see. 
Um, so next up, after you've applied all your boosts and you have your ability scores, next up, you're going to choose your skills, just like D&D 5e. Mm -hmm. So you gain skills based on the class you chose, um, your background, and then based on your intelligence modifier plus a number of skills your class lets you add uh, to your intelligence modifier. Okay. So this is something that existed in third edition mm -hmm. of D&D, where the number of skills you had was int-based. Um, also... Uh, languages, I, I think it's the same in this game where um, the number of languages you know is tied to your intelligence score. That's awesome. Okay, I'm, I like that a lot. Yeah, um, I think we talked about it many times across the dungeon cast where we're like, doesn't it just feel like everyone has like seven languages? Yeah, and then of course all the Europeans tell us that we're very American in our point of view, and they're not wrong because like every most people here are at most bilingual, like most people that I meet. Yeah. So to me, it just did seem unusual, but apparently in Europe, it's very. Not unusual because to be when try or quadlingual. The idea is that you're around so many cultures right, in the right. D, D realm that you're gonna pick up languages. Yeah. It's, but still seven or eight languages seems crazy to me. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. By any standard. By any I standard. Think. Yeah. So I agree. We were right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but in, in this game and in, in Pathfinder first edition and third edition, it was always tied to your mm -hmm. intelligence level. Um so same with skills in this game. So for the disparity is is not just with intelligence, also it's also with class. So if you're a fighter, you get a number of skills equal to three plus your intelligence mod. Which if you're a fighter, it's probably zero, mm -hmm. or or even worse, negative one. Um, so it's probably just three skills. If you are a rogue, you get seven plus your intelligence mod. I see. So even okay. if you do have a zero, you get seven. And if you decide to be like a mastermind style rogue. Yeah, you might get nine skills on top of whatever your background gave you. That's pretty good. So, I, I love the way skills work in Pathfinder. I think it's a better system. Yes, it's pretty cool. Um, all right. So next up, we choose a heritage. This is where we're going to, okay, you're an elf, but what kind of elf are you? Right. Well, let's talk about it. So the heritages available to you are based directly on your ancestry. For example, the elf ancestry gets access to the ancient elf, arctic elf, Cavern Elf, Desert Elf, Seer Elf, Whisper Elf, and Woodland Elf heritages. Um, they also have access to the Planar Touch heritages that we spoke about earlier, like Tiefling, mm -hmm. ASMR. Uh, they have a lot of the genie ones, um, which are named a little bit differently. They're, okay. Yeah. This seems tidier than um, 5e's approach. It's which tidier. Is like, yeah. Let's just make a bajillion different kinds of elves and call them different things and have them be weird. Yes, yes. There was a lot of forethought in designing this. Mm. Uh, excuse me. So your heritage usually gives a small feature as well as access to ancestry feats related to that heritage. And that really is the main thing. So like Arctic Elf, right? If you choose that, I just happen to remember, remember that one. It gives you a certain level of cold resistance. Cool. And that's the only okay. thing you get from it. But what you do get is you get access to not just Elf feats, but Arctic Elf feats. I mean, along with the baggage of like my character is an Arctic Elf because X or Y, you know, like yeah. background stuff yeah. that you write in. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah I'm talking mechanically speaking right, right. here. Um, and so you might choose Arctic Elf and you might choose like, that's the last Arctic Elf thing that you're ever going to do. Yeah. All okay. your, all your other ancestry feats, you're going to, you're going to direct uh, elsewhere, probably just in regular elf stuff or general elf stuff, I should say. Or you could go the opposite direction. I'm like, I'm going to take every Arctic Elf specific feat I can to be as Arctic Elfy as possible. I shit ice cubes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's so cold in my butt. <laughs> God damn it. So so yeah, I that's I think that more than anything is one of the coolest things about character creation in, in Pathfinder Second Edition is like you can just pick a lane and just go hard as fuck into that lane. I think that's super cool. Um but anyways, let's move on to class features and level one feats. I love ice water. Where did you get ice cubes, buddy? <laughs> Where'd you find those? Stop asking questions. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this is what I do. Cold drinks are what I am. <laughs> So class features and level one feats. So uh, the last choices that you have to make when creating your character depend heavily on your class of choice. Uh, that being said, all characters get to choose at least a level one ancestry feat at the very least. Okay. Um, after that, you may have to pick from some class feature options, um, a level one class feat, and of course spells if you're a spellcasting class, which a lot of them are. Right. Uh, this again varies. For example, a fighter gets to choose a level one class feat and then automatically also gets the shield block feat. While the wizard must choose an arcane school, an arcane thesis, and then spells for their spellbook, as well as automatically getting the arcane bond and drain bond item features. Okay. So, like, it's, it's, like, I, they all feel very balanced, but yeah, what you get at level one 
you might have more choices than uh, you know other classes depending on what you choose. All right, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. If you want to be a wizard, you're gonna read more. Straight up. Straight up. In every game. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, any questions about character creation before we, we crack open the book and give this a shot? Let's crack open an ice cold character creation. Let's do it. Short After rest. the short rest. After the short rest. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash realm we've returned indeed we have we are fucking back indeed we yes we are on the path we are back on the path i have in front of me the pathbuilder2e.com website where we can build our characters here for free um if you guys are interested in building pathfinder characters i would highly recommend this website um, we are going to build a character and we decided to do some randomness about it. Right. Yeah. Cause Will was like, what kind of character do you want to build Brian? And I'm like, I don't fucking know, man. I don't fucking know. Let's let the you sound decide. so enthused. I want to roll. No, I, I'm excited to build the character, but I like the, the just my mood today. Like the, you like the creative of, juices aren't flowing. Maybe not for, not for this. I, yeah. Cause we did, we did a, a five E conversion for my last five E character yeah, yeah, that yeah. I made. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it won't be the last 5e character I made. Yeah. But um it, it converted well over to Pathfinder. And that right was a bard. Right. 
And I, I, I want to stick away from the casting, I think, because it's a lot. It's a lot to go Ooh. over spells. Well, if we're rolling, you're going to have a hard time avoiding the casting. But, That's what I mean. But yeah, we'll we'll gonna... simplify it as best we can. Yeah, we'll, we'll, just take, <clears throat> we'll just take what the die gives us, though. Yes. Okay. Um, I think so let's start with Ancestry. Okay. Uh, for this, we only need to do six. All right, guys. So we are sticking to the core rules book options, just for simplicity's sake. Plus, I like the idea of, like, if if somebody listening to the show decides they want to just pick up the Core's rule book and start playing, like right. let's show them something that could be easily made out yeah, of the book. Totally, totally. So give me a D six. A D six you can have. And the ancestry of your character is five. We're building a halfling. All right. All right. We are building a halfling. I'm selecting that. halfling. As a halfling, you are size small. You get six hit points. Um at level one. Uh your speed is twenty five feet. Your okay, so Let's make a decision here. Are we going to do the standard ability boost where we get three boosts and a flaw? Or do we want to just do the two boosts, no flaw? Let's stick with the regular rule before okay. we vary, vary the rule. You got it. So you're going to get a boost to dex, to wisdom, and then a free boost of your choice, and you're going to get a flaw to strength. Okay. Okay. And then- It's like uh, when you get smoothies that juice it up. They're like, do you want a free wheatgrass booster? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then uh, languages, common and halfling, and then additional languages based off your intelligence level, okay. which we will get to. Um, save the local folder. Okay, next we're gonna do class because there's so many backgrounds we won't be able to roll on them. So we decided we do class and ancestry, and then we'll choose a background. Okay. So give me we're gonna again core core classes only. Give me a d12. A d12. This time I'll roll a d12 and not a d20 like I did last time you asked me to roll. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I got a ten. Ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> How cliche of us! It is a halfling rogue. Yay! <laughs> I was gonna say we should make somebody nasty. Yeah. Oh yeah. This guy's nasty, or or lady, we, or yeah. yeah. Uh, or key ability: dex or other. So uh, the other's probably strength, but uh, we'll probably go with dex. We'll here. probably go with dex. Hit points: you get eight plus your con mod. So you would take the six from halfling, the eight from this, and then add your con mod. That'll be your level one HP. Nice, okay. So what is a base 14, and then if we have a con of one, so 15 HP, probably somewhere in there. We'll cool, see. Cool, Sounds good to me. Uh, we are automatically expert in perception. So that's really good for a couple of reasons. Number one, obviously perception is very useful. Yeah. Uh, expert is above trained, so we're automatically at level one, starting off better at this than probably any other character in the party. And number three is perception is what is used in Pathfinder 2nd Edition for initiative rolls. Mm, so interesting. This, this really adds up. This is okay. great. Uh, you are trained in fortitude saves, but you're expert in reflex and will saves. So okay. again, the expertise-ness is nice. You get the stealth train skill training no matter what. And then uh, trained in one or more skills determined by your rogue's racket, which is something we're going to choose in a minute here. And then you're also trained in a number of additional skills equal to seven plus your intelligence spot. You're probably going to be trained in the whole da damn skill tree at this point. But we'll yeah. find out. I mean, that's how rogues should be. Yeah, should absolutely. should be skilly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're going to be trained in simple weapons, but then also rapier, sap. I'm not sure what that is. Short bow or, and short sword. Uh, you're also trained in unarmed attacks. Okay. Uh, yeah, I cool. like that. Yeah, trained in light armor, trained in unarmored defense, and trained in... Rogue class DC, which you know, all all classes are gonna be trained so in. I fucking, DC. I'd probably know like jujitsu or something. Maybe I guess we'll find out. All right, so let's do heritage. I know there I are one, two, three, four, five, six halfling heritages. Give me a D six. All right, another fucking five. We're twilight. We're a twilight halfling. Okay. Your ancestors performed many secret acts under the concealing cover of dusk, whether for good or ill, and over time they developed the ability to see in twilight beyond even the usual keen sight of halflings. You gain low light vision. I'm the anti flashbang. This is like the opposite <laughs> of Jake's character in Flashbang in the Surgeon. Yeah, a flashbang. Cool. What are we going to name this person? It's the opposite <laughs> of Flashbang. Uh, dim. 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 Thud. Dim. Dim thud. No. No, because <laughs> no, what's the opposite of bang? Uh, like a si silence, right? Dim. Celibacy. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> All right, so here's Twilight Halfling. All right, now we got to choose a background. Now, give me a background or an idea of a background, and let's see if we can find it because there's literally like 250. What's like the nasty one? Is there a nasty one that's like, like if you criminal. looked at the names, could you find a nasty one? Uh, let's, let's put well, there's cr criminal. Let's put criminal right here and okay, see if we can find another Okay, there's cursed. There is a false medium, so like you pretend to be a medium. You're that's a hilarious. fake psychic. It's hilarious. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, gambler, um, gladiator, grave robber. Oh, um, let's go with that. I like that seems nasty. Robber. 
So resurrectionist body snatcher, no matter what you're called, you know where the bodies are buried and how many coins they'll fetch when dug up. Nice. Adventure comes naturally to you. In your mind, dungeons are just oversized tombs, as does returning <laughs> home with your loot undetected. Choose two ability boosts. One must be strength or dex. We'll probably go with dex. Mm-hmm. And one's free. You're trained in stealth, which we are we get from our class, so they'll just give us a, a free training. Yeah. And underworld lore skill. So that's cool. Yeah. You gain the experienced smuggler skill feat. So we're gonna we're gonna open that one up. Uh experienced smuggler. Train skill. Uh you office smuggle things past the authorities. When the GM rolls your stealth check to see if a passive observer notices a small item you have concealed, the GM uses a number rolled or ten, whichever is higher. As a result of your die roll, adding it to your stealth modifier. So basically this is you you get to take ten on this one. Okay. Yeah. So that's when the GM rules. Why would I say I I gotta get more familiar with the rules? If you're a master in self, the GM uses the number rolled or fifteen. And legendary self, you just auto succeed at hiding a small concealed item from passive observers. So you're really good at smuggling stuff. I'm into it. All right. Um, you also get sneak attack, which is you know, uh, as a rogue, uh, when you're and en- when your enemy can't properly defend itself. You take advantage to deal extra damage. If you strike a creature that has a flat-footed condition with an agile or finesse melee weapon, an agile or finesse unarmed attack, a ranged weapon attack, or a ranged unarmed attack, you deal an extra 1d6 of precision damage for a ranged attack. uh, With a thrown melee weapon, that weapon also must be agile or finesse. You know, same concept. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get back to choosing things. So we get to choose what's called our rogue's racket. Which is like, like our subclass. Yeah, so, it's like what they what two, they get three, up four, to. Five. Like now what they specialize in. Yeah, exactly. Now there's five. Did you want to roll for this? Yeah, let's roll. Okay, for so it. we'll roll a d6 and a six is a reroll. Okay. Two, mastermind racket. Where others might use sleight of hand or silver tongue to achieve their objectives, you rely on your intellect to craft intricate schemes. You likely view your operations as a chess game, always planning ten steps ahead, where others might plan three. You might be a detective determined to solve crimes or a spymaster in service of a powerful family or nation. If you operate outside of the law, I think this person does, Mm -hmm. you might be an aspiring crime lord or information broker, excellent in directing others uh, towards suitable jobs. If you successfully successfully identify a creature using recall knowledge, that creature is flat-footed against your attacks until the start of your next turn. If you critically succeed, it's flat-footed against your attacks for one minute. That's great because your sneak attack procs yeah. off that. Uh, you're trained in society, and one of the following skills are your choice. Arcana, nature, occultism, or religion. You can choose uh, intelligence as your key ability score for those, even though oh, they are, I, oh, I think nature might be uh, nature and religion or wisdom, I think, maybe. Okay, they're in in um, 5e. Yeah, they're in 5e. All right. Oh, they're intelligence in 5e. But no. uh, occultism was what again? Can you remind me? Occultism it is thing. it's like uh, it's like the dark side of religion. You mm-hmm. understanding like the cults and, and demon lords and esoteric lore. Right. Okay. And, and all that stuff. Um, okay, so let's do the ability boosts. Um, I take it you want. Oh, okay, so from. Starting with Halfling, you get Dex Wisdom and minus Strength and then a free one. What did you want your free one to be in? If you choose Strength, it negates your flaw and just flats it out to a zero. Mm. No, uh, we'll keep Strength as the flaw. We'll, we'll go with Dex. Like, Well, you already have Dex and Wisdom, so you have to choose oh. basically Con, Intelligence, or Charisma. Okay, then let's take let's take the Strength then because okay. Grave Robbing is a physical activity. Sure. All right. Um, so you get to choose either for your background you get either strength or dex so i imagine you want dex right yeah okay and then you get another free one it could be any of the six uh let's put intelligence okay and then your class boost oh wow you get to cho- most classes only get to choose between two but you get to choose between strength dex intelligence wisdom or charisma uh dex okay dex it is all right now we get four free ones so what do you which of you which four of the six scores do you want another boost to um let's go i want to lean into the intelligence and decks for sure okay and then i don't know i guess just put one in strength and then one in wisdom okay <clears throat> so we are looking at a final ability scores of a 12 in strength a 10 in con a 14 in wisdom an 18 in dexterity a 14 in intelligence and a 10 in charisma cool okay 
Very cool. All right, skill trainings. Dear God, you get nine. You get you already you have three automatically, and you get nine. Oh, and you get an extra two, so you're, <laughs> you're gonna get eleven plus three, so you get fourteen skills. Let's go. Um, Hell yeah. How do you want to do this? You want me to just read them down? You yeah. Acrobatics. Like, what am I? What am I doing exactly right here? You're like, you're becoming trained in a skill, and I get to pick how many? Fourteen. I have to pick fourteen of these. Like how many skills total? Um, I think there's probably only fifteen. <laughs> Let me see here. One, Let's two, three, one that we four, think five, six, sense. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Okay, so there's thirteen available skills to you, and you get eleven choices. So which two? Uh, let's start there. Which two skills do you not want? Hey, that's the better way to go here, right? Okay. okay let me... So uh, here, I'll go ahead and turn that to you. Okay. Um, how about that's we? That's hilarious. It's because your intelligence is high too, on top of being a rogue. That's why. Yeah, religion. We'll take that one out. Okay, doing, no religion. I'm not paying attention to that kind of stuff because I'm same with occultism. Then, no, I think occultism is probably something I should be aware of in case I'm like, you know, robbing a cursed grave. Okay, right. Uh, sure. So no religion and no nature. Hmm. No, I, I feel like nature's good because I'm like having to dig shit up. Okay. I want to know what Definitely. kind of soil, Definitely. what kind of class of soil we're dealing with. Crafting. Uh, let's leave off. Mm, let's leave off the wow. performance. Yeah, let's leave that All one. All right, off. so no performance and no religion. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to click everything else because this is hilarious, <laughs> and tell you what you're trained in. You guys want to see me rob this grave? It's okay. gonna be great. It's gonna be so quite the finish show. Finish that section. <laughs> uh, acrobatics. Finish that. Okay. <laughs> I want to name myself something stupid like Robert Greaves. <clears throat> I, I mean, like, definitely, you definitely can be. Okay, it almost sounds like Rob Graves. <laughs> so you are trained in acrobatics, arcana, crafting, deception, diplomacy, intimidation, underworld lore, medicine, nature, occultism. Society, stealth, survival, and thievery. Yeah, my teacher was like, I'm going to teach you how to do like 10 things today. Exactly. Remember this always. <laughs> um, all right, we are almost done. We only got a few more things to choose from. So the first is an ancestry feat. Okay. So let me count. Let me see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. There's 14 options at level 1. Okay. Did you want to roll for it or did you want to pick? Um. I want to roll for it. All right, give me a d20, and then we will re-roll anything above a 14. All right, sounds good. Uh, we've yielded an 18 there, so uh, two. Two, distracting shadows. Okay. You have learned to remain hidden by using larger folk as a distraction to avoid drawing attention to yourself. You can use creatures that are at least one size larger than you, uh, medium or larger, as cover for the hide and sneak action. So you still can't use such creatures as cover for other uses, such as the take cover action. Perfect. That's fucking cool. Useful. Indeed. All right, class feet. All right, you got one, two, three, four, five, six of these. Okay. D6 it is. Two. You like twos. <laughs> Overextending feint. So the prerequisite for this is that you're trained in deception. Guess what you are? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> when you trick a foe, instead of catching them off guard, you goad them into overextending their next attack. On a successful feint action, you can use the following success and critical success effects instead of any other effects that would occur when you use the feint action. You can choose a different effect each time you feint against a given foe. So... Uh, if you faint against a creature and you critically success, the target takes a negative two penalty to all attack rolls against you before the end of its next turn. Uh, a regular success is they take a negative two penalty to their next attack roll against you before the end of its next turn. Mm, okay, so, I like it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You basically are faking people out. All right, lastly, you get a skill feat. There's, there's just so many. There's just so many. There's there's at least 30 here. Okay. I don't know. What are you going to roll? I'm going to roll D100. All right. Kinda, we'll go to that section of the list, sort of. And okay, yeah. There. Give me a D100. <clears throat> That's 20. 21. All right. Let's so see here. One, the first two, quarter of the three, list. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, 21. Express Writer. 
trained in nature. <laughs> nice. That's a prerequisite. You know how to encourage your mount to cover ground quickly. When calculating your travel speed for the day while mounted, you can attempt a nature check to command an animal to increase your mount's travel speed. Faster! This makes sense that I have a mount to, like, to go, haul to my shit out. and get out of there. The yeah. DC is determined by the GM, but it's typically based on the amount, the mount's level or difficulty of the environment, which is hard, whichever is harder. On a success, increase your mount's travel speed by half. This has no effect on your mount's movement in encounters. Cool. All right. So there we have our level one character who is just so goddamn skillful. Robs Graves and is all around a bad person. Yeah. And their name is Robert Greaves. Robert Greaves. Except I'm saving it. We will we'll share the we'll share the uh the character sheet. On yeah. Patreon. Let us know what you think about Robbie G, a yeah. randomly generated grave robbing rogue. <laughs> Indeed. Save character on the local file. All right. Robert Greaves, our first Pathfinder character on the episode. They're a halfling that looks a little bit like Droopy Dog. Has, uh, like, sunken eyes. <laughs> you know, stays up at night, so they're kind of, like, pale. Uh-huh, no uh-huh. no sun and stuff like that. They, uh, they, they like, dog. They oh like fancy footwear. They're into feet stuff. Is Droopy the dog like that? Into fancy feet stuff? Is, he into, is Droopy Dog into feet? Is Droopy Dog looking up? Chick's feet on Feet Finder and being weird? Yeah. You ask that's me that? What, yeah, that's my question. No, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's a cartoon, man. I don't think they go into that. I don't it's know, for man. children. Sometimes those old cartoons are a little weird. I think that um, I think that Rob Robbie G really likes to rob graves, and it's a bonus if they have, like, an anklet on because he's weird like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, fancy shoes. Like, ooh, slippers. Like, you know, glass Is that slippers. the Greaves part of this? Because Greaves are, like, the lower. Oh, are Yeah. <laughs> In case you were wondering, well, just because I only picked Bobby it because Greaves. it sounded like Graves, and I thought it'd be dumb. No, well, I mean, I, I like the name personally, but Bobby Greaves here has an AC of 17, uh, 14 HP, a plus three fortitude save, a plus nine reflex save, a plus seven will save, a plus seven perception, and uh, and yeah, and just so many fucking skills. Goddamn, a lot of skills, a lot of skills. Uh, it's, like, it's there's only three skills. skills. Yeah, in. he's only not skilled in athletics, performance, and religion. That's yeah. it. Are there any skills that are different from D and D on here? That yeah, we could go over that. There's the crafting skill. Um, they uh, instead of persuasion, we're back to diplomacy, like fourth edition, mm-hmm. the way it should Which be. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, occultism. Right. We did uh, society. That. Um, and then thievery instead of sleight of hand. There you go. Yeah. So. Uh, every time we say society, I always think of that Jared Leto tweet. We live in a society. Oh yeah, yeah. Joker. That's that's the meme right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I think I think that's it. Any questions about character creation, Pathfinder Second Edition? Pretty no, straightforward, that, right? That was just as fun as the first time cool. that I did it. I like character creation for Pathfinder. It feels like more direction is being given to you here. Like, yeah, and and you really can get specific with with things in this version of character mm-hmm. creation rather than D and D's. So I feel like I would make the same like. The more D and D characters I made for Fifth Edition, like mm-hmm. the more I found how like I like certain things about the game mm-hmm. and how they're if I wanted to maintain those, it would be the same options over and over again. Right, right. I found myself picking the same options over and over. Yeah, again. that Here, happens. It seems much harder to do that, um, yeah. especially if you come with a concept before you hit the creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I liked randomly generating one. I was happy to. That was like, fun. I don't know who I want to build. You know, like mm-hmm. maybe we should cover the classics. Like the, for the next one, we'll build a barbarian or a fighter, and then we well, can move I to was the actually thinking maybe we should cover the classes that Pathfinder has that aren't in like the summoner and the thaumaturge. Like these are like uh, I we, see what you mean. We can do the barbarian and rogue still. It's just are you know the audience is already familiar with those concepts yeah and we just did one here so yeah, yeah for future we'll cover a unique one to pathfinder next yeah. time and w- don't worry we will get to the other ones too it's just sure. i was thinking we should start with the the different ones to show like this is some of the crazy shit you could do pathfinder mm. yeah nice all right well with that i think we can get ready for a long rest let's do it let's long do it. rest Hey everybody, welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the episode where we're gonna fucking chill out. We're gonna take we're gonna leave the path and yeah, chill. We're getting off the path. And we're gonna chill. Uh that was fun. I, yeah. I liked that character creation. Um I, I honestly like it better in Pathfinder than I did in 5e. It's more satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, if you guys want to support the show, you have done so. So thank you very much for getting here and listening. We appreciate Indeed. that. But Indeed. if you want to support us farther, you can, farther you can on uh, Patreon.com/slash/TheDungeonCast, where you can give us money. Um, there's gonna be an announcement that already went out, but um, it, not yet in the future when this episode airs. Yada yada. I, I think you guys get what I mean. <laughs> but um, the Omega thing, I, I sort of mentioned it when we were talking to Jordan, but um, Omega is kind of gonna get put on the back burner for a little while it's not dead it's just like we need some time and space to make it right it was made for 5e and we're not going to do a 5e campaign for that so we're going to do a different project instead that's going to take the place of that um we're we're calling it super short saga where we play a bunch of one page rpgs and we're going to teach you how to play one page rpgs too and things that are like good for one shots or short adventures like uh, dungeon crawl classics that will is going to run well, that's not a that's not a one page, but yeah, it's not a one page. But and we're not doing like only one pages. Yeah, either. we're gonna start with a bunch of one pagers because they're a lot of fun and they're gonna be fun to record. And then we're gonna make a YouTube series on the side called Hard How to Play Role Playing Games. How to p How to PRPGs something like that. <laughs> how to RPG. How to RPG. Uh, how to play RPGs. So <laughs> we're gonna um, basically put out a tutorial episode and then release a game played in that system. Uh, and that's what we're going to spend our time on right now until it feels right to go back to Omega. So we're still going to keep that tier open in Patreon, and there will be early episodes and early content for all that stuff. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, that changes some some things uh, going forward when it comes to the Super Quest Saga podcast feed, which right now is running Flashbang the Surgeon. Yeah, I hope you guys like it. Please yeah. leave some feedback. I've been listening. Get, I've been enjoying it. I'm halfway through the most recent episode. Oh, and cool. It's very entertaining. Yeah, the, uh, the Sewer King, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so as a lot of you guys know, I have been running a game called Unhallowed, which is a dark fantasy gothic horror game. Uh, started off 5e. Now we're moving to Pathfinder. Um, it was originally going to be a premium uh, Patreon show, and it is still going to be uh, very early access to patrons only. Uh, that being said, it will probably take the place of the next SuperQuest uh, storyline after Flashbang is over. Um, so things have kind of got shaken up a little bit, but it's we're just moving our energies in different directions, and we're still getting you guys the same amount of content. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm gonna I am gonna come back to Omega. Like we want yeah. we want to do it. I think we're just gonna see like. How we feel about Wizards of the Coast moving on. Like, I've seen some outreach programs going on with them, like interviewing the creators and stuff like that, them getting their say. And, like, you know, it's not the, it's not those people's fault. It never was. Like, the creative. Oh, team yeah. At Wizards. Yeah. We've never, that wasn't where our negative energy was directed. And I still highly respect those people. So it's their bosses that suck. Their money bosses. <laughs> I, they can all fucking, you know go kick rocks whatever it is anyway those are the plans moving forward i think this project is going to be a lot of fun it's it's a good opportunity for us to learn a bunch of uh, rpgs too and really become well versed in tabletop all around uh so everybody's really excited we're gonna have rotating casts uh rotating game masters stuff like that you get to see like a bunch of different styles and um everybody that is going to be on those projects is i think really charismatic and funny and good at role play so uh, definitely something to watch out for. Our timeline for that is pretty strict, so we want to start getting uh, content out very quickly, It'll especially quickly on Patreon, um, but it will eventually reach YouTube just whenever it's done. Um, but if you want to hear those games, you can go to the Omega tier on Patreon. I think we'll just maybe leave the name there for now, or we'll change it to Super, Super Short Saga. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much primarily going to be a Patreon slash Patreon to YouTube project where it'll air on Patreon first and it'll make its way to YouTube. So if you're interested in uh, supporting us and seeing those projects, uh, you can go see that. I will post the Omega stuff in there that we had done still. Um, I don't know if it, we're going to pick up from where we left off and eventually one day or if we're just going to reboot it and start from the top. I feel like it'll be a reboot by the time it comes around. Yeah, it's hard to predict. Me too. Like, because... They're gonna change the rules of fifth edition anyway. Like that was a concern going. Yeah, in well, like, yeah. And if if we ended up going with that, then yeah, we might want to switch it around. Well, yeah. we'll find out. That's in the future. We got a lot of content that's gonna come out before that, and a lot of time to plan. Yeah, yeah. So these are these are long timelines. Flashbang and the Surgeon is gonna run for a while. Um, so. Thank you guys for everybody that uh, is listening to that and supporting. I get that you guys want to wait for the whole session to be released to, like, actually listen to it so you can take that time out and, like, spend that three hours or whatever, four hours 
listening to that adventure. Totally get it. So we're just going to continue the staggered release thing. So it's, uh, it, is it makes it, it is. easier on our end to get them out because yeah, if, totally. Yeah, otherwise there'll just be long delays between them if if we don't have a, a more strict schedule, you know. Yeah, yeah. So so F Bats is going to keep doing its thing. There's there's a lot to go. There's a ton of episodes. So um, really excited. You can uh, join our Discord and talk about it there. Um, and we are still working on the Super Quest Saga, um, Dragon Star, Star Seeker's Guide to Dragon Star yep. Adventure Module. Yeah, um, we're well on our way. The version two of the beta, I think, is coming out next month, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll have my third full chapter completed this week. Moving on to chapter five, equipment and weapons. This one's going to be fun. Yeah, if you guys missed out on uh, the initial Kickstarter campaign. Uh, to pledge and become part of that and and get those benefits, I think we're doing something else. Uh, yeah, we got a backer pit pro backer pit backer kit program going on. Um, the details aren't final yet, but it's going to be an opportunity for anyone who missed out to to hop on. And we've seen people reach out like, yeah. "Fuck, I forgot! Like, I I didn't get there in time. What can I do?" This is what you can do if you guys are super interested in this project. If you want to support it, uh, we will have that backer kit going. Um, like Will said, we're ironing out those details so as soon as it's up you'll see news about it i promise and then mm-hmm. we'll talk about it on the show so yep, yep. keep an eye out on social media like twitter uh keep an eye on our website um the dungeoncast.com and uh yeah that's that should be it discord will definitely have it discord is a great way to interact with not only fans of this show but um hosts of the show will and i we're there <laughs> um and if you guys are ever interested in like hitting up jake or freeland about super quest saga stuff they're in there too and then our new team of role players, um, uh, if you're familiar with Omega and who's on that project because you're on Patreon, um, that's the same squad that's going to do Super Short Saga. Very confident that it's going to be a great time. I'm very excited. We're we're going to record our first game, Goblin Punks, a, a one-page <laughs> RPG, very yeah. soon. Um, by the time this is out on the normal feed, that is already done and um, hopefully up on Patreon. So you guys probably go check that out Uh, i don't want to make like a hard promise but it it should be there um yeah we covered we covered everything you can uh you can we have a p.o box if you guys want to send us stuff we'll read letters on the show um we got some cool ones this last time our our dragon turtle mini is very cool it's been on display Mm -hmm. um we got um not only a P.O. box, but a regular email address, gmail.com for feedback or whatever. We have a website, too. Yeah, and we have a website, <laughs> which I also mentioned com. earlier, but thedungeoncast.com, where you can go see go see stuff that is there. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I think that's everything. All right, and then I think we can call it again. Bye. We'll talk to you guys later. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.